ski wasn't. The nose of the jet ski was like, you know, it was fiberglass, so it was cracked. And uh, I had to go back to these people who had let me drive their jet ski or one of their jet skis and say, I'm sorry, I want to make this right. And they said, don't worry about it. They showed me mercy. And years later, I mean, like I thought about it more and more. And at that time, I'd saved more money. And I even went back to them again and said, I want to meet with you. Like, I'm even better prepared today to address that issue. And they just looked at me and was like, just pay it forward. Like, do you think we're worried about that? Do you think we've ever even thought about that again? Just pay it forward and bless other people with your life, you know. And it was one of those moments where you thought, I mean, they could have thrown a fit, like some people might do. They could have harbored like resentment against me and kept that in their mind the rest of their life until it like corrupted them and they like only drove their own jet skis for the rest of their life because these horrible kids, you know, they could have made me like sign a paper and say like on the day of your 30th birthday, you're going to walk in, whatever it could have been. But you might think this morning, have you ever shown someone mercy? Not in the way where you're like still like carrying it with you, reminding yourself of how awesome you are. But like really shown someone mercy. Have you ever had someone show you mercy? If you're not like a merciful person, do you think people like to come to you when the chips are down in their life? People generally know the type of people that won't weep with them over their sin, but condemn them over their sin. They know when you like act like you care. But when, you, when they walk out, they know what you will do with that information. People generally know what kind of person you are. Generally, it gets around over time what things happen to people. And there are some that seek to gather that information and spread it like wildfire. The people that David is, that he's dealing with are like the older brother and the prodigal son who are angry to see the wayward return home. In the prodigal son's story, it's all about how Jesus comes on the scenes and the wicked people of the world are flocking to him. And the religious people are standing there thinking, why is he even speaking to those wretches? If in it, if he really was the king, he would sentence them to death. Not welcome them into his house. 
Mercy is an example of someone who has truly received mercy. That's what it, when you find someone who has truly received mercy, they are not withholding of mercy, but lavishly blessing people with mercy. That, that's, that's an evidence of that. Someone who has been forgiven greatly forgives greatly. So if Christianity to you, like if you're like the Pharisee and your Christianity is what they considered following God to be, mercy's not needed. You achieve your way into the kingdom. And you look down upon anyone that doesn't climb the ladder as high as you. The problem is, is you're 10 million times infinity from getting to God. That's what you don't understand. Whenever you seem to have the moral compass that you do, you don't realize you have to go to infinity and beyond to get to Him. The chasm is so wide that He had to come down to get you. Not you climbing up to get to Him. Someone who has experienced that kind of mercy shows mercy. If your religion has produced in you a more critical spirit, then you're more of a Pharisee than a Christian. That makes sense. Pharisees did not like Jesus. Guess what? Present day ones don't really like him either. Just to kind of... They may say they do, but in reality... It's really hard for them to accept the good news that Christ came to save sinners. So, this morning we're looking at that. We're, we need to think about what does it mean to be a receiver of God's mercy? How does it change your life? How does it change your interaction with other people? And then... Say, what, what is a, what's, what's an example of how not to be a person? What kind, who is like anti-mercy? What does their picture look like? So the end of chapter 40 and verse 17, it concluded with a confession that the psalmist was poor and needy. We get here to chapter 41. Now he is sick, slandered by malicious enemies, surrounded by false friends, even betrayed by one of his closest, finds himself today. He is aware, as we all should be, that he is a sinner and is therefore not without guilt of his own. 
And these conditions have been kind of preying on his mind and distressed him. And so he finds himself there and he sees his need. And he is longing for the Lord to deliver. He has plenty of people around him, merciless people. So he cries out to the Father of mercy. Because what he could not find on earth, he finds in heaven. A summary of Psalm 41, James Boyce says, is the sermon on the as in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And in exposition form in the Olivet Discourse, where it says in Matthew 25, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And not fake it. <laughs> if you have experienced mercy, main thrust to me today in this text, you will show mercy and can be sure that you will receive mercy in your time of need. What? Showing mercy is the evidence of having received it. And having received it, you will be not stored up in this bank for yourself, but deposit it at 41. Blessed is the one who considers the poor. This is the pattern, kind of, of a life, a merciful life. A life of showing mercy. Blessed has the idea of being approved by God. The poor here are not only those who are physically poor, but also those spiritually poor. And I think it embodies just the state of being poor. I mean, you could be really wealthy, but poor. I've met so many people over the years that I thought like, you're bankrupt. Your life is bankrupt. I mean, your, your bank account may not say that. But you're poverty stricken and you are needing someone to reach out to you, to be merciful. Blessed are those who are quick to show mercy. That is, blessed are those who seek the welfare of others when they see someone in distress. Blessed are those who are quick to reach out with a helping hand. Blessed are those who are a blessing to those in need. Blessed are those who bear others' burdens. Blessed are those who are generous with their time, resources, and talents. Blessed are those who spend their lives not seated above others looking down on them, but instead place them on their shoulders and lift them up. Blessed are those who don't kick others when they are down. Blessed is someone not always even giving someone money, but instead like helping them to 
care for themselves almost. It's like this is not just this idea is not just always time or always money or always. It's just sometimes it's just stewarding uh, in a way where you would like help someone mature so they can care for themselves. And there's just endless things. A crowd and is equipped to extend the hand of mercy to others. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. What's he saying? I mean, when he's looking at this, what, 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 what is David trying to say? The pattern is that there's this person there who has extended their hand to people. That, that's the pattern. He keeps sticking his hand out to embrace them, to lift them up, to pull them out, to deliver, and to help. He's looking for ways to help. He's, that's the kind of person he is. And he, as king, is, is known for his mercy as he follows the greater king. As he follows the heart of God. The saving God who is merciful, who is filled with mercy, who is called the Father of mercy. This type person who has received God's mercy will then share, like, he will live a merciful life. And how does the Lord respond to that? The Lord delivers merciful people. That's kind of the picture here. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivered a good name. And the name will be, the Lord rescues him. His enemies will encircle him and seek to destroy him and tear him down. And there will be this resounding thing. This man who has experienced God's mercy and shown his mercy is delivered once again. He's delivered again and again and again. The Lord sustains him. The Lord restores him. That's, that's on display over and over and over again. For it is not merely that the Lord cares for us in a general way, though he does do that. The wonderful thing about the Christian life is that God cares for us in specific ways. It is when we are sick that He provides comfort. It is when we are discouraged that He lifts us up. When we are not sure what decision to make, He gives clear guidance. Such is the personal interest and care provided by our God. As Christians, we are promised temporal and eternal deliverance, protection, life, victory, sustenance, and restoration. 
what he's saying. These people are blessed because God is for them. And who can be against Titian in verse 4? So, if you've experienced mercy, you'll show mercy and can be sure that you'll receive mercy in your time of need. You could say receive mercy from the Lord in your time of need. What's his petition? As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I've sinned against you. He does not say, I've shown mercy, God. You should be merciful to me now. He says, he could say, Lord, I have tried to live in a way to honor you. I am now in a horrible place. He doesn't even say that. He says, Lord, as I reflect on my life, I'm a sinner. I'm needy. I need you to rescue me. I mean, he does later kind of explain to us that he has tried to walk in a good way. But he doesn't come to the Lord saying like, I deserve this. I'm entitled to this. Be gracious to me. Heal me for I've sinned against you. When he asks for mercy from the Lord, he is, he's not just saying, look, I'm not a very good servant. He's saying I am a sinner. It's a, it's a really powerful picture here the Lord loves to see us broken over our sins so that really you could say the healing balm of the gospel can be poured over us so God is opposed to the proud gives grace to the humble the one who is humble before the Lord says Lord I need you I need you I need you and I need you so if you've experienced mercy, you will show mercy and can be sure that you will receive mercy from the Lord in your time of need. What's the problem? Look at verses 5 through 9. David's got some pretty ruthless enemies. Y'all see that? And not only that, and his name perished off the land. Like so that he's forgotten. These enemies come to see him. As he's lying, lying there on his deathbed, they come to visit and they utter empty words to him while their hearts gather iniquity. You ever had someone, I'm just coming to check on you. You're like, no, you're not. You are storing up within your filthy heart. A case to destroy me when you walk out, the, out of the room. And everybody knows it. It's not hidden. It's not hidden. People know. This man is lying there. They think, I hope he dies. Then they go in with a smile on their face. How can we help you, O king? Oh, this, this, this. Let me go out and get my trumpet. I'm going to blast this to everyone. This king stinks. He's worthless. And he's done. As loud as I can do that, I'm going to display to everyone, look at the situation he's in. 
talked to a friend recently. They told me they hadn't spoken to this person in years, but somehow this person who's always in the know, I'll say that, you know, who I hadn't spoken to in probably 10 years calls them and said, I heard you were going through a difficult time. Can I help you with something? He was like, I will never call that person back. He said, that type person is the one quickest to go and broadcast to the world. They are not merciful people, but destructive people. They spread poison abroad. They shipwreck life. Instead of sympathizing with David and his illness, some attributed the illness to God's judgment on him for some moral failure. You see in verse 7 and 8, All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again where he lies. They're whispering around. I bet it's because of this. I bet it's because of that. I bet like God's wrath is about to fall down on him. Kind of reminds you of Job's struggle with his so-called friends. Is that the kind of friend you, is that you like those kind of friends around you? They walk up, sit there, mourn with him. Be like, Job, you need to repent. You've done this and this and this and this and this and this. By the way, you probably don't want this type of acquaintance around. You probably need to bar the door when someone like this comes to visit. It will not exactly lift your spirits, right? They do not say, Psalm 121, lift up your eyes to the hills. From where where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this this time forth and forevermore. They do not pronounce blessing. They do not come with merciful words. They whisper around like God's judgments falling on them. And they seek to do harm rather than good. They are more at home there as a son of Beelzebub than they are as a son of God. Third, the worst thing of all is David is betrayed by his closest friend. Even my close friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me. He is in a situation where you're like, it's one thing for your enemies to hate you. It's another thing for acquaintances, but the one that 
person that's close to you, supposed to be your friend. Like Julius Caesar, when they, he realized that Brutus was among his assassins, said, even you, Brutus, even you, It's almost like his so-called closest friend when he's laying there prostrate on the ground like he lifts up his heel to crush his skull. This is a difficult place to be. If you have experienced mercy, you will show mercy and can be sure that you will receive mercy in your time of need. You see this pattern the merciful receive mercy from the Lord. You see them petitioning the Lord as sinners in need. You see the problems that they face with humanity. And then the last part you see is deliverance. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout in triumph over me, but you have upheld me because of my integrity. Set me amen and amen. Some of you may be saying, wow, is David going to like not show mercy to his enemies? I think the picture here is that, I mean, and I think it's hard for us sometimes to remember this. When you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading about the king. He is the judge of the kingdom, you know? Like vindication would oftentimes come through the king setting straight the things that are broken to execute justice. And so for him not to keep things in check, it's kind of, it's wrong. And so he says, you know who I am, Lord. I know that you're merciful to the merciful. And so come now and give me strength to overcome these who have sought my destruction. And he's confident that that is not just the way the Lord works for him today. That is an eternal truth across the board. So, as we're thinking about this text, think you could say of David's life that he was a man of mercy he demonstrated the heart of God. Later, one greater than David came to this earth and he showed mercy. He constantly was called out to in this way, have mercy on us, son of David. And you know what he did? He showed mercy over and over and over again. In Matthew 28, verses 23 through 35, there's a parable. And Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven could be compared to a king who wished to settle he owed like millions of servants. There was a servant who owed like 10,000 talents. He owed like millions of dollars. He's done. He's just throw him away. The man comes, cries out for mercy. Mercy is extended. He left this great act of the king, this great act of kindness and mercy. He saw a man that owed him a hundred denarii, which is, those are not even in comparison. He owed him nothing in comparison. 
He seized the man and began to choke him, and then he had him put in prison. Some of the other servants listened to what happened and, or watched what was happening. They go to the king, and in verse 31 it says of chapter 18 of Matthew, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not I mean, show mercy to your fellow servant as I've shown mercy to you? And in his anger, his master delivered him over to the jailers until he could repay all his debt, which would be never. So also my heavenly Father will do every, to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. What does this teach us? We have been forgiven infinitely more than anything that we could ever experience from anyone else on this earth. And when we get opportunity to show mercy, we should be quick to do so. Scripture says of us, once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Part of living in light of mercy is showing mercy. Mercy, part of demonstrating that you have God's heart is to be constantly before the throne, gazing, let's say, before the Lord to have no hope. And in light of His mercy, I am blessed forevermore. So therefore, I show mercy. And I can be confident that He too will show mercy to me. I would argue, too, that not only are you to do that within the walls of the church, if you will, but out in the world. Titus 3 says, We were once foolish and disobedient and led astray and slaved to various passions and pleasures, hateful and hating one another, but when the kindness and goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to His mercy. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We ask for a clear understanding of Your mercy. We ask for if there are people here that are religious and lost who do not know mercy, who have never seen their sin and the infinite price that was paid for their sin, we pray You would do that today. For those who have, Lord, make it freshly kind of put on their mind so that we would be ministers of mercy so that we would learn how to give and receive mercy to one another so that we could know that the Lord not only has shown us mercy but will forever demonstrate his mercy towards us in Christ's name amen